This is Kevin Campbell and you're listening to Chewing the Cud with the Irish Toffees. Come on, you blues. Welcome along, folks. Next episode of Chewing the Cud. And today we're going to look back on quite a horrific week, to be honest. Uh, the loss against Villa last Saturday and the loss oh, to QPR in the Carabao and Mickey Mouse, whatever you want to call it, cup during the week. Uh, just the three of us today, colleagues uh, had to put out a uh, short notice. So it's just myself, Richie and Chris. Afternoon, boys. How are you, Joe? How are you, Chris? Hi, lads. Well, you can't even dress any of this up, Richie, so we'll just get straight into it. Uh, the, actually, for the second kind of match in the row, the, the team news kind of left a bit of a shock because I know we knew DCL was out and possibly Richardson, but to be without four, like, just no one seen that coming. Yeah, it was a bit, it was a big shock. I suppose I kind of alluded to it just towards the end. I think given the preview said that hopefully we won't have any kind of any kind of further knocks from the Burnley game until mm. they're missing four and you know possibly a few others as well. But you know, it, it, it's a big blow to lose the players that we lost as well. I think if you take four or five starters out of any team, you know, it's it, it's it's hard for them to. Not making excuses, you know, but you know it's it's hard for anyone to kind of be performing at their best. And it was, you know, I suppose we've touched on it that we have a we have a, a strong starting eleven. But once you go that little bit deeper, and we've seen we've seen the whole results of that throughout the week that led on to on the performances that we'll speak about later on. But yeah, it's a big blow, and it's a lot for you know for a team that are working off a small squad to deal with when you lose when you're losing that many, and it. It, it was very surprising for me, you know, Pickford to be gone as well. It just, and it, I think unsettled us. I mean, I thought for an hour we played fairly well. We get into it, but, you know, yeah, definitely the shock of, the shock of losing was, was it hard one to take, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing, like we said before, Chris, that Benitez is keeping his cards kind of close to his chest, but uh, <laughs> I don't want to be dropping bombs like this like an hour before the match. Like we were only saying after the Burnley game, <clears throat> that we, you know, although we started very well and, you know, we enjoyed the start of the season, it, no one's really, we shouldn't be getting carried away because we still know where we are as a squad and where we're lacking. And unfortunately, <laughs> after four or five games, it's come to fruition. Our biggest fears, as soon as the windows close, we're, we get hit with injuries, swallow our key players and we're badly exposed squad-wise said in the Villa preview that it's probably going to be a litmus test to how well we've done so far and where we're actually at. It's how we went through Villa's team and they have a very good team on paper, whether they gel or not was another thing. But when you see the starting line coming out and seeing how we were how ravaged by injuries and we were, it wasn't holding out much hope, to be quite honest. And as Rich said, I think we've done quite well. I think it was probably a 50-50 game up until probably the first goal was going to be the winner. And you know, it could have went the other way, really. If if the Mary Gray had popped that one in the far corner, or if uh, he had got that free in and a red card, that should have been given for the Villa oh, lads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. But look, that's it's not a whole lot we can do about it now. But ultimately, disappointed, but not surprised. It's just really disappointing how every goal we give away seems to be a mistake. Teams don't have to necessarily work hard. It seems to be goals that can be prevented basic lapses in concentration or bad decision making or just from our own players and we just were too easy to score against at the minute and 
you know, we've done well in a couple of games to come back from being behind, but you can't go behind every week. We need to start having a bit of control in games and getting ahead and, you know, get, getting in control. And we were just putting ourselves under unnecessary pressure. And I felt then once we went behind, we just didn't have any options to turn the game or to change our system. You know, it was whole, the whole game was based on defending well and counter-attacking and, we kind of had to open up a bit then once Villa got the goal and we just fell to pieces, which was, it was really disappointing to see. Yeah, I think that's the thing. And you, you said it earlier, we, we were kind of in the game for kind of 50 to an hour. Uh, but once once Villa scored, Richie, to be honest, I could just see it only going one way because we, we hadn't, like Chris said, we'd nothing to come off the bench to change the game. No, we hadn't. And it, to be honest, it was almost a carbon copy of what we done to Burnley on Monday night, that they just yeah. absolutely blitzed us as soon as they got one. Fans got behind them and they put the foot in the throat and they, and they, and they put us to bed. You know, we had no answer and they got three and it could have been a whole lot more. They just kind of looked dangerous kind of, and then, you know, Bailey went off and it kind of fizzled out a small bit again, but we were, we were in dire, in dire straits kind of after conceding two and conceding three. And I was fearing for us and that, geez, this could get very, very messy, which mm-hmm. is, it's worrying in a way, you know, because that's kind of thrown back to shades of performance that we had last season. That as soon as you kind of lose or not lose, but as soon as you start going behind, that the confidence is drained out of the side. And again, it comes down to not having people that you can trust to go in and do a job, you know, to be able to mix it up and to be able to kind of change it or grab the game by the scruff of the neck. And we just didn't have anyone to do it. But look, I think credit has to go to Villa as well, because as much as we were in it for an hour, you know, they they kept pressing, they kept pressing it, and other teams would have kind of got frustrated with it, you know, when we trying to catch them on the break, but they they stayed at it and they, you know, and they and they punished us when they got their opportunity, you know. Again, it was down to errors on our behalf, especially, you know, say, say the first goal, the second goal, third goal. But no, 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 but they they they, they need to do their side of things as well. And they did the same way as we got we gave our our lads credit on, on Monday night that, that that Villa kind of punished us on 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 Saturday evening. Yeah, I think that, that everything kind of centered around substitutions, Chris. Uh, because like Rondon come up, like he actually he, you can just see he's not match fit. He just he's just nowhere near match fit. But like he come off and I don't I don't know what went on with Rafa's hair, but he, he put kind of a wobby as a false nine or something and he, he's not a false anything to be honest. I'm, I'm not even gonna go. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. But they they talk, brought on Leon Bailey and he just he just torn the screens. He ripped us to shreds. Yeah, look, I thought like they always looked dangerous throughout the game. They didn't always pepper the goal, but we we afforded them an awful lot of license to let their wing backs get forward and get crosses into the box. And you know, after a while, a ball is going to drop, or you're going to make a mistake, or a misjudge a header. You know, we kind of brought it on ourselves in a way, but. Yeah. Like it's just square pegs and round holes throughout the team already. As you said about Rondon, he's nowhere near fit. He hasn't played no. in four months and he played in China. We're down to the bare bones already that he hasn't had a chance to even get enough training under his belt. He probably wouldn't have come in for for months, probably till he got ahead of speed. And look, fair whether he's good enough or not is another thing, but fair play to him going out and he tries his hardest. Whether you know whether he's good enough or not is another question. But we said on the the pregame pod about Ben Godfrey playing right back. I wasn't having it at all. I don't think he's good right back whatsoever. Going by last season, and 
it's not his fault. It's fair play to him. He's stepping in where he's asked, but you know, he cut out for the tour goal, way out of position. He's a he's a centre back and he's a centre back that's still learning and developing and he's nowhere near the finished article. As good as attributes as he has and as well as he done last season. I think his positioning at times in general still needs to improve and his reading of the game and they targeted us then with Bailey, you know, that just gave them an extra extra dimension, the pace, they were direct and we just couldn't really deal with, with it really. And, you know, even going forward, as you said, we know the react round down was gone off. He puts a Wobie up front, who's not a not a forward, he's not an anything. Everything was going down Luca Day inside and there's nothing down the right because Godfrey's not a right back. He's not a it's not natural to him. So he got up the wing a few times and there was no end ball. He hit a few into the keeper's hands. He didn't know whether to come back. So that just disrupts the whole pattern. When at least Coleman's there, he, you know he's gonna get an overlap. Mightn't have the best final ball, but he gives you that, he gives the other opposition something to worry about going down the other side. So and then once you keep the Mary Gray relatively quiet, we're kind of you know, he's the, he's the go-to guy at the minute. So we just, yeah, look, we just hadn't got an answer. And unfortunately, our failings in the transfer market are coming back to boilers in the IRS already. And I wouldn't be pointing the finger at the manager, my personal opinion, because you can see the garbage that he has to work with. Yeah, I, I think... We didn't expect it. Well, we did expect it to come back and bite us on the arse, Rich, but, but not this soon. I mean, literally, that's like the, the players you mentioned there, DCL, Richarlison, Seamus and Pickford. Like, it's just not covered there. It's just not covered there for these lads. No, and to be all gone at once, you know, you're talking leaders on the field as well, you know, work rate, everything. And one, two, you kind of, you, you make do if it happens, but to lose all four is... It, it, it's very tough but yeah it's it's down to recruitment it's it's very tough for a manager to work with when he's given one and a half million to spend in, in a window and it's you know if we pointed it out you know I'm sure that they were aware of the, the failings and where the gaps were but to, you know for it to come to fruition as we said six weeks into a season is it's scary because it's a Jesus if this if the, you know they're saying that they're all kind of two three week injuries but if some of them are to pick up long term injuries we're in serious trouble you know, and not to be overly negative because it's this was one game. Obviously, just the next game that we'll talk about as well. But you know, it's it 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 is worrying in that sense because it's a long, long season and injuries are going to happen. And it's we I suppose we talk about consistency a lot, and it's those lads that are coming in, you know, and they just don't do it consistently enough, you know. And that's that's it's it's sorry, and I know I'm kind of going between two games here, but it's 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 tough to kind of to pull them apart after the week. You know, but um, yeah, it, it it I I would fear kind of on the back of it that that it's uh that without these guys, you know, that it could be a long season basically. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Just just that finish off on the Villa camp was like like when I met one, even two, it was just never happened. I know he had a late chance, Chris, with uh, Michael Keane's a great bullet header. Like he was only on the pitch, but uh, I think I think it would have flattered us to be honest to even get one goal. Once they got the two, the game was over. Once they hit 2-0, it was game over, really. like We had to open up and we just lost. Once we took Alan off, we lost complete shape. We were all over the place. We were just at sea and there's no balance in, this, in the team whatsoever. You have a Wobie up front, you have a centre-back, right-back. You're, you're having players like Gomez coming on in the middle that have no mobility or pace and 
you know, the heads were gotten really, weren't they? It probably mm-hmm. could have been any score. And like Richie rightly said, luckily Bailey went off because his pace and directness is just, he looks a really good player. And it's really disappointing that we couldn't have got him after scouting him for so long. He's exactly what we need to get, get people off their seats, you know? So look, fair play to Villa, you know, said they're a good side. And I think with our first 11 out, we were, were well, a good match for them. You know, we, we, we looked okay, like you said, for the hour. If we hadn't got the first goal, things could have been different. But like in a lot of games, and we said about the Villa crowd, they're a good, a good crowd at Villa Park. It's a good ground and that. So once they went ahead, they got behind the team, like we done that against Burnley. You know, once we mm-hmm. once we got two one up, that was it. Goodison came alive, and it was only going to be one winner. So it's just part and parcel of it, unfortunately. And. I just don't really know what more there is to say about it. It's just disappointing, but but it's not surprising. We can't get we can't get too up when things are going well and too down when mm. when things aren't going well because you just kind of have to take a step back and realize that the me- the mess the club is in in general years of bad recruitment and financial fair play and dead wood we have and trying to get rid of players on contracts and contribute and there's a lot of shit off the pitch that's going on as well that's probably not helping our situation which probably has to be taken into account but I mean if you're if you're the 3,000 fans that went down to Villa to see us get tongue 3-0 and then you have an injury ravaged side going down to QPR and you know that it's probably a championship team we're putting out on paper that you're probably going to you know what to expect and you're still rocking out and selling out your away end 3,000 fans in London on a Tuesday night like it's it's exceptional you know and the, the fans deserve an awful lot better for their, for their loyalty you know it's we, we go away and that we go all over you know every game's an away game for us and it's it's disheartening making long journeys home after getting beaten by garbage you know and mm. it's just sort of seems year after year our season seems to just repeat itself it kind of it's just a bit you look for little glimmers of hope that things are going to change or sign a certain player yeah we're going to kick on a certain manager and it just seems to be recycled and back to square one year after year you know yeah it's just, it just it's like I said it's like Groundhog Day five or six weeks into this well you know it's very early to be having yeah. those, to be having those feelings mm. yeah just, I, I know you kind of saying about moving on, but I kind of touched on losing the leaders of the, of the team there, you know, say Coleman, Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin. And, and Walkers, not just leaders, Walkers. Yeah, Luca Dean was made captain Saturday night. Felt he was really poor, you know. Yeah. First goal, second goal, obviously, was, was, was horrendous. I don't know, is there an argument that he was distracted by the, by the armband or that he's just going through a lull in form or... Mm. But he hasn't yeah, been. T- he hasn't been really good in. You know, I suppose he set really high standards for himself, but exactly hasn't been to the level that we've got from him previously. Yeah, I think that that could be like a continuation of the injury he got, like when he was playing with France. Like I think he came off for like, was it four minutes or three or four minutes when he got injured in the Euros. So I just think he hasn't been the same player since, and it, I, I just don't know. There's something, something not right. I don't think the pressure of the armband would, would get them because like he's had it on before. I don't, I don't think that's 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 a, a factor, but I just think it's a continuation. Like he, of, he, as you said, he got injured 
he got injured for France, Joe, like you said, and he recovered and he was fairly he was back fairly early into pre season and he played mm. in most of the pre season games as well and hasn't had a massive amount of rest. So I just think A, he's um he set such high standards, as Rich said, you know, he set really high standards for himself and I don't think he's been catastrophic or really, really bad. I just think he's probably dropped below the levels we expect. I think his delivery, his corners, his set pieces have been really poor since the start mm. of the season. And also maybe the change in system. I mean, we relied on him heavily last year to kind of give us that width going forward because we were playing narrow. We didn't really have any natural wingers. Now he probably doesn't have to go forward as much with the Mary Gray mm. kind of the way we're playing. We're more counter-attack based. So maybe he doesn't stand out from an attacking perspective as much because we're not as dependent on him to provide that width and provide that delivery when you have Townsend on the other side pinging balls in there could be a bit of that as well but you'd expect a lot better from a France international defensively to you know not be making those kind of mistakes so there's no argument there yeah I think I think they're just multiplied when they lead the goals you know what I mean you kind of get away with it if, if it's a corner but like the first goal was it was, it was definitely his fault and then, as far as the own goal, I, I think it's kind of a, if he gets up a little bit higher, it goes over the bar or, you know, lower, he misses someone else. Because it's just, it, I think it's just a, a few know. things. Yeah, a few things. Yeah. But then, like, we go on to uh, QPR, which, uh, like, this is the chance to put that behind us, you know, and, and go down there and like, make a statement that, and, like, we said this time and time again, it was a chance for these fringe players to come in and and like show the new boss, listen, I I, I should be able to shout or knocking on the door to start in the first team. And to be honest, Parpin Anthony Gordon, not one of them did anything. No, I mean, as you said, yeah, that's the opportunity to these guys saying, I get the start. Now is my chance to kind of put my stamp on it, let it be known, come on the back of a defeat, knowing that we have a couple of injuries and stuff, that here here's a big opportunity. We had no one to kind of grab the game by the scruff of the neck to control the pace of it or you know to do anything you mentioned Gordon I thought was good needs to work on his end product but Andrew Townsend apart from him don't think there's anyone really that came out of it with a whole pile of a whole pile of of grace it was it was really poor you know we let them kind of dominate you know we did it all the running they controlled possession you know to not be able to to have more possession away you know it's championship side but I mean if these are our, our fringe players or whatever, they need to be able to, to control the ball better and to control the tempo of the game. We got back into it twice and you just think, you're just kind of waiting for us to, to take control of it, you know, to start putting our dominance on it, to run, run them around a small bit. And we never did. Even the last 10, 15, whatever it was, after make, bringing on the core, bringing on Gray, we never looked like threatening, you know. I understand Rondon isn't fit or whatever, but Jesus, his mobility is... Yeah. You know, he wasn't able to move. Fair enough, it's two or three days afterwards and it's his first game and however long, but what's the point? You know, if he's not able to move up there, you know, and you've three in behind and they've, they've, they've no options. But look, there, there's no excuses from it. We weren't good enough on the night. We didn't deserve to go through, I don't think. Uh, and it's 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 galling. It's really, really disheartening performances like that. And it, that's the kind of, on the back of performances. And I suppose we're tying everything together with... Missing, having injuries, losing badly, 3-0, you know, but it was a, a 10-minute spell and then losing to a championship side. It just really makes you worry that, Jesus, you know, that things could go badly wrong here in a short space of time. 
Yeah. The thing that killed me, like, especially in the first half, Chris, the QPR just looked, they just looked much sharper, much fitter. And like Charlie Austin, like talking about rolling back the years, he was just, he terrorised the whole defence. Just a hard, hard watch, Joe. And like I said, not surprising when you see that starting line up and you go through it from one to eleven. Like it's, it was atrocious, really. You know, players like Kenny, not not good enough. We've talked about it before. Thought Davis was poor. Gomez, we've touched on the two lads playing, but for Gomez and Davis in midfield, neither of them are mobile or quick enough to play in that role. You know, they don't offer really anything going forward. Godfrey and Hogate are not a centre-back partnership. They got terrorised against Fulham like Goodison last year. They looked all over the place. They looked at sea. Maybe he could have put Hogate right back and put Michael Keane in just for that bit of experience and maybe to match Charlie Austin in the air. Who knows? But, you know, you're putting a team out that would probably consist of mostly championship. Our squad after our first 11 or 12 is very, very poor. Yeah. A lot of them probably wouldn't get into the lower Premier League teams, the top championship teams. And that's sad to say. And I think that the fact we got turned over comfortably, I know it was penalties, but I mean, they had all the play. Like they looked on the ball. They were knocking it around one touch. They were cutting in throws, whipping cross. They looked dangerous. Like 30% possession away as a championship team isn't good enough you know I understand we've we've looked good on the counter attack but surely these players the squad players can't be worse than a championship team and I think that the whole game just highlighted really how bad our our, uh, our squad is after our first 11 or 12 it's, it's atrocious it really really is and as as Vic said Rondon nowhere near fit I thought Wobie was appalling I thought Gordon worked hard and he showed some really good touches. You can't fault him, you know. Mm. Townsend, I thought, was actually really, really good considering he's contributing. He got a goal and an assist. You can't ask any more from him. I thought his overall play was was quite good. And but no, it just it's really, really, really poor, you know. And if, no complaints really. They deserved it, in my opinion. No, we had chances and well. Like we've gone out at this stage in seven of the last twelve years or something. No one can be surprised, you know. It's really poor. I said it watching the match. This 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 cup is just it's just an embarrassing every every single. He's just waiting for the whether it's going to be second round, third round, or quarters. It's just an embarrassing cup for us, and it it's probably only genuinely one of two chances we have a winning it, Rich. So. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, I as mean, much, as much as I call it Mickey Mouse Cup, it's, it's, it's just, like I said, it's just a chance to win something. There's, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's only the two opportunities to win anything and there's the hindsight of, um, of looking at it and saying, right, should we have gone stronger? But on paper, you say, surely, if our fringe players aren't good yeah. enough to, to beat I don't know, mid-table championship side, and they, they, they weren't at full strength. They had lived less... Yeah as well you know so I mean you look at it that and it's just it's just not good enough and it's the fact that the players aren't able to stand up you know you know I mentioned Gomez and Davis and you know it, it was a perfect game for them you know but they don't offer anything they did no cover for defence I think they had a couple of shots on goal in the second half and they dribbled wide to treat them from oh, the edge shocking, yeah. oh stop yeah. Oh, yeah what's the point of these lads you know and you just wonder like are 
can they can they make the, the step up? And I, to be having this conversation time and time again, you know, it's all well and good being able to come in and to do a half an hour here and a half an hour there. But these are the games where they need to be coming in and putting down a marker and saying, right, that there's competition there for the rest of them. And we're having this conversation for the last couple of years and they're just not going to, I don't think at this stage, you know, Kenny had me frustrated. If I had any hair at all, like, <laughs> On, you know, getting the ball halfway inside the, the opposition half and turn around, give it back to Holgate and run back. Said, Jesus, just get it and take take a man on, on the outside and try to get the ball across. Like, just, I don't know, very frustrating. And yeah, but I, it, it's down to squad again. It, we're going to have back to it, back to recruitment, back to not, you know, to, to not having the depth there. And that's and that's where we are. Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's just so many players who just, just did not perform or tone up. But I know I said I was going to stop it this season, but you miss them already, Chris. That's that's the second game of the week where Alex Warby is absolutely just thank the gaff out. I mean, the chap is he's just fucking useless. I'm sorry to get. I'm just so like you're frustrated about Kenny, but this this chap does it. Game after game after game after game. When he gets a chance, he never ever takes it. And then when he like if he comes on for a so for ten minutes, like he's like Ronaldo. And then uh, people say, ah, oh, you know, you're being a bit too harsh. So the chap is an absolute waste of space, Chris. See, the thing is that they all seem to have a little purple patch, you know, like he had a good start to the season and you're saying off credit where it's due. We always give credit where it's due. 100%, yeah. He's done well. But then we were saying, chances are he's going to have 10 shy games. You know what I mean? And we said it with Davis last year. Davis came in and maybe we finally found his position as that six when Alan is out, he's done well. And Mm. Gomez made a few good appearances off the bench, but it's just not done week after week after week. And, Ultimately, these players need binning. They need to be gone. There's no good having three good half games or having an assist here and there and then being rubbish for the next 10 or 12 games and letting the team down. Ultimately, if they haven't contributed now, Davis is, what, five years? Gomez is here probably three years. Wobie's probably into his third season now, is he? And ultimately, none of them have contributed at a massive amount at all. You know, Gray and Townsend are only in another different position, but it will be fair enough. But Gray and Townsend have contributed loads already in the yeah. first couple of games. Goals, assists, that's what you're expecting. And if more goals and assists than a Wobie probably has in three years, I'm probably wrong on that. But you see the point I'm trying to make. It's not good enough, you know. And we can't carry these players. Like you said, it's already coming in for half an hour here and there. But, you know, if you can't do it against a championship team, it just outlines the problems. There's nothing coming through. You can like there's just so much wrong with the structure of the club and you know, like ugh, Liverpool can put out a bunch of under twelves and they'll beat beat Norwich fucking three 0 away and get through comfortably. Why can't we put out a younger side and dispose of a Premier League team or championship team? Like the problems with the recruitment, we've talked about it before and the the academy, there's not not a whole lot coming through there. It's just Poor, you know, no one seems to be able to make the step up, and there's just so much wrong. And it's, 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 we're going real negative now on everything. You know, we had a good start to the season, and we're all kind of on a bit of a downer, and there's no positives at the minute. And look, I'm sure if we beat Norwich and that, we'd be saying, 
right? We have United and we've an international break. We get a few players back. We look okay and we might get a bit more positive, but it's very hard with the week that's been in it and seeing how poor we've been to really be positive about anything. You know, it, as you said, it just falls back to the academy being poor, the recruitment being poor, leaving ourselves short, no right back, no left back, two strikers being out. If Alan and the core get injured, the, the backup options, Gomez yeah. Davis, not good enough. Gabamon, gone again, no use, you know. So, we're just so short. Gray gets injured, but you have your pal Awobi probably play left, not good enough. So we're just, we're really, really short. From one, to, from 1 to 11, you need to keep them fit every game and it's not going to happen. And even in these cup games, we have to play our first 11 if we want to progress. And seeing last year, once we hit the quarterfinal and we played United, they could have been far up in the first seven minutes against us. Like, yeah. I, I, I really, I understand. Like, we've never seen Everton win at and it feels like I never will. You know, it doesn't mean I, I want, I'm happy. I'm not happy to wear the Cups. I hate losing any game. Mm. But realistically, if you put a team like that out against a City or a Chelsea or a Tottenham, or, we're going to get hockeyed in the later rounds anyway. So whether we go out in the quarterfinal or the next round or now, I just don't think we have the squads. Even the first eleven probably beat the likes of a Man City on a one-off day, even if we managed to get to a final. We're just so far away in terms of our quality and our squad depth. And it's 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 very hard to kind of see how we're going to bridge that gap, to be honest. Yeah, I, 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 I just don't know what we do, Rich. I, I know Chris is saying, like, it's just a poor weekend. We're kind of, people are probably saying, it's just depressing and turning this off. But I uh, know, and then if you look on the flip side, like we're only three points off the top, and you now beat Norwich, we're kind of back in and this. But it's just the, uh, it's just the manner of the two defeats. You know what I mean? And uh, just getting back to the way it was last season, the lackluster and heads down, and no, no fighting spirit, and no balls. That that's the galling thing. It's just it just sticks in the throat. It does, and I. I suppose to try to put it into context, I suppose we just need to look at it as say it's one league game. Mm. And we are kind of, you know, we are down to four starters at least, you know. You know, you take that out. Hopefully we can still get over get over Norwich and then that they are back or some of them are back before United and we can put in a decent performance. As Chris said, probably weren't going to win the cup anyway. You don't ever want to go out of it, but you know. At that, it, it's it's just one defeat, and if we said that we were however many games in with one defeat, you know, before before the United game, it wouldn't have been too bad. Mm. So you just, I suppose, you take it. Hopefully, we'll have a different out, outlook on it next week. But it's just, it's it's been a really poor week, and it's just we mentioned earlier about kind of that we give praise when it's due. But I think on the same side, I think we're we're so poor, we're just clutching at straws at this stage to think that these guys are going to step up and they're going to do it. You know that we really just. We want so bad as fans that we're really seeing the any little bit of glimmer of hope, and I think we're we're really blindsided by it. You know, for yes, Awobi has put in good performances, but as a whole, you know, one swallow never made a summer, and we yeah. really see fifteen, twenty games back to back where someone is putting in performances and looking like they're going to do it week in, week out, and I don't think any of those guys that that kind of had a chance to stake a claim on Wednesday or on Tuesday night are any way up to it. Yeah, and that's the thing. And I know you mentioned it uh, last season's record, but, but there's no 
But these lads will get a game again somewhere. That, you know, when the cup comes around, the FA Cup comes around, these lads, and it'll be just like rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. The same, just tortured, absolute nonsense. But there's no comeback with these players because they know that, like, one, they're not going to get loaned out, and two, probably not going to get sold. So it's just, it's just, like I said earlier, Groundhog Day. Nobody wants, look, the club ain't, well, they are stupid, but, like, nobody wants them. No one's going to pay them money. We're going to take losses on all these lads. They're either going to run down their contracts and go for free, or to go for a minimal fee. And, looks at Gomez, you're never going to recoup your money on him, 21 million or whatever we paid for him. He'd probably go with a year left in his deal for seven or eight million. There's a big loss. They keep Tom Davis because he's, He's a scouser, isn't he? He's a good lad by all accounts. Not personal against the fella. Yeah, exactly. I you can only judge fellas on no, what. None of this. None of this is personal. It's all based on yeah. the under football. Look, like, I don't hate Alex Wobby himself, and he pissed me off with his man bag and his jet and whatever. But I don't. I don't hate him uh, as a person. But he's just a shit footballer. <laughs> so, so none of this is personal. But I agree with you that Tom. Tom. Every single one of us wants Tom Davis to be this next. No homegrown superstar but he's just had so many chances to, to prove it and do it and he hasn't taken any of them when I mean, you've had over 100 league appearances now at his age you would kind of hope you would be hoping for a little bit more to sort of mm. see see a player developing you know some players come on the scene at 20 and you can see this fella has something like he's we, we still don't know Davis's position or what he's going to he just isn't really good at anything. Yeah, you know? Jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> like, he works hard. You can, you know, he works hard and I'm sure he loves the club and that, but he got roasted against QPR there, against a the championship yeah. level side. Like, the man turned him and then he turned back just to nutmeg him again just for, take the piss. Like, yeah, he's, he's really bad, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it's just... I don't know what Mark to be saying, Joe. It's, yeah, these just no, lads just saying up to it. We won't. No one wants to buy them. The end of the summer, you're going to have Delphi a contract. Rodriguez is gone now. You're going to have Kenny a contract. He's going to go. So we know there's more money off the wage bill. And with Rodriguez gone, we're saving ourselves probably nine, ten million over the course of the, the rest of the season. If he's two hundred mm-hmm. grand a week, so it's a fair, fair bit of wedge save there. You know, you would hope January we will. We'll have a little bit of money there to play with, even get a couple of loans in to cover a few positions. But um, just touching on the manager, you know, obviously he's going to get criticism on social media and stuff. Of course. Look, we, we made our stances clear. We're just going to judge on what we see from the start of the season until the end. And look, the manager's always going to take some flack, but I wouldn't be personally saying get rid of him. No, you know, just the cards he's been dealt. He hasn't been backed. He's been left with a rubbish squad. And I think we're in this situation because we've made bad mistakes. We've recruited the wrong managers. Let's give them the money to buy their own players. They've been shy and they've been sacked. Next manager's left with their players. He wants his own players. So by getting rid of Benitez and bringing someone else in, starting from square one and bringing in his players, you're still left with all the shy players that we bought. So I just think we need a bit of stability for a couple of years. What we've seen, we've seen good signs up until now and you know, up until before Villa, we look a bit more organised, we're working hard and we, we look at tread on the break with a bit of pace, we're more direct, 
we seem to be getting stuck in and I'm sure that's how he wants us to be every game and with a lot, with better players if we get a lot of shite off the books this summer get a few good players in in key positions I'm sure with better players he'll make us an even stronger side and we just have to have that bit of stability for a couple of years and see where we're at because the chopping and changing has got us in this mess it's part of the reason it's got us in this mess you can blame Mishiri as well maybe recruiting around managers you can blame the managers for not being all in with the club like Koeman and that and spending money on three number 10s and Marcel Brands has a lot to answer for as much as we you know we were happy enough when he signed his three year deal I think he's really let himself down in this this transfer window and he has to be held accountable but there is no one held accountable we we're fans I know we're just fans and they're board members they're not going to come and have a chat with me or you and say look this this is the plan but there should be some sort of clarity I think yeah. to there's so much speculation amongst the fan base and uncertainty and fingers being pointed if, if, if the club just come out and say listen this is our plan we're hamstrung by Premier League regulations. We had to get this and this off the wage bill. We'd be in a better position. So just let the fans know where we're at, what the direction is, what the plan is. Because we just seem to be going from shitstorm to shitstorm in yeah. short term. There's no long-term plan other than the stadium, which would be fantastic. But we need to have a decent side going into that ground. Otherwise, what's the point? It doesn't automatically make you a good team because you're playing in a fantastic world-class stadium. If we're still drifting around 11th or 12th and you still have John Joe Kenny as a backup to Coleman in two years' time, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to do anything. So the club need to get their house in order. And the fact they've given Brands a three-year deal, obviously they're happy enough with what he's done or what his plan is, but let the fans know we're we're a difficult bunch. You know, we're not a lot of fans just <laughs> but a lot of fans just rock up, watch the match, and that's it. But we want to know everything, what players are being paid. We want to know the finances, the stadium, where the money's coming from. We give out because the queues in the concourses, the pies are cold, the carling is piss warm under the stand. We give out about everything and we want to know everything. The fans are so invested in the inner workings of the club and everything that goes on with that. You know, and you know yourself, Joe, from a bit of experience with the fans forum, you can put certain things to the club, but they won't let you discuss the on-field issues, it's all internationals and marketing mm. and merchandise and tickets. And I just think it would put a lot of fans at rest and it would probably actually give the manager and the director of football a bit, take a bit of pressure off. Yeah. If we knew the plan and where we're going and where we're looking to be and what the next steps are, instead of yeah. just all the speculation and every time we get beat, everyone's throwing their toys over pram. And that's just frustration from the fans and passion fans go all over never won that cup in our whole existence and you've still 3,000 out there against QPR to watch our reserves unbelievable yeah. the fan base you know and they deserve so much better just to know hope is everything you need to know that we're going somewhere we're trying to be ambitious we're trying to push on so that's that's kind of all you're asking for you know just a bit of bit of hope and a bit of direction otherwise we're just going to we're going to end up just like Newcastle. We're just going to be in a shit show. And we're, eventually, if we don't get our shit together, we'll drop like, we will. You can't continue like this. It's not, it's not a sustainable business model. Business, it's failing, you know, in every, every department, other than the stadium. 
we're losing so much money and it's just not sustainable going forward. So they really, really need to turn things around and explain what the plan is to do it, you know? Yeah, I think that there's a happy medium, uh, Rich, between obviously telling us, they're not going to tell us everything, but like, just just a, not even a statement, just something to come out, you know, just just let us know something. Like the Hamas Rodriguez, I mean, that's been going on for weeks, months, you know what I mean? And fingers being pointed, no, he, he did this and he didn't do that and Rafa doesn't like him and this and that. But the club just come out and say, listen, he's gone and this is why he's gone. It ends all this bullshit, all this Twitter. I, I spoke to Benji's dad's mate's hamster and he told me this. It's, it's all a load of absolute crap. So just come out, make a statement. Hamas Rodriguez has left. These are the reasons he's left. Best luck, Hamas. Off you go. Yeah, I mean, when we know that there's financial restrictions, it's just about giving some bit of clarity. It doesn't have to be in-depth and say that we are, you know, however much or whatever, but just to give a direction and say it's because of finances that unfortunately we had to let him go. It wasn't down to Rafa not liking him, he not wanting to be, whatever it is, you know, but it's just given. And this is the plan. Obviously, you know, if Benitez comes out and says that we're, you know, I understand the squad isn't, strong enough right now but by it's going to take three years to, to rebuild it to get it back you know if we say we've been talking say if Richardson is to leave in the summer the, the rebuilding job job gets so much bigger yes you've more money to invest and everything but it's it, it is a couple of years and just kind of saying that I suppose they're not going to come out and do it but just give some little bit of you know clarity some direction as Chris said you know just let us know that we're working towards something and that there is a plan in place you know because right now we're just kind of going on with nothing, you know. We said, oh, we're hamstrung. We don't know. Have we money in January? Is it the same year? What's what's the plan then? And do we have to flog again by next summer? And is it just going to be the same thing? Because, we, you know, there's little bits of pieces coming out. So if they said, right, that window is gone and now. But again, they're probably saying, as you said, a happy medium. They don't want to be showing their hand and saying, yes, we have money again. And then we get hung out to dry. Mm. But from a fan's point of view, they can they can drip feed it out in some way so that we get the message. Yeah. You know, there's enough internal communication tools where it's not broadcast everywhere. You know, if it's in an, in a, in a, an article or, or, or a, an interview with someone, you know, that they can just get that information out there. And it's just to give some peace of mind at this stage that we're not just going to exist and try to tread water for the next couple of years. Because yeah. as Chris said, you just end up, just going about your business and then one one year stuff won't happen and the arse will fall out of it. That's the thing. Like you don't want to get the situation, Chris, where going back a few years ago, you're just looking to see three worst teams than Everton. Oh, I'm not saying that we're, we're anywhere near that case so far, but like you just can't you just can't build like a club on that. And I just know again, going back to what we said, we don't know the ins and outs of financial this and financial that but just some year we're unlucky and the three teams come up in the championship and, and other sort of shit the year before are all going to play well and we are absolutely in the shit I think we've been like we we are unlucky as a club in general and I know every club will think it but I think Collie made a very good point in regards to Ancelotti last year Everton took a gamble last year Mm. Took a gamble bringing Ancelotti in. He was an old head. He'd command respect and he'd bring the fan base together. They backed him. They backed on getting Europe, bringing in Rodriguez, giving him that money, keeping the manager happy. 
getting Alan in, getting the Corey and we took a huge gamble that we'd get into Europe and that would open up more revenue streams. We'd be on TV more, we'd be playing in Europe, we'd have a mm. lot more money and we could go from there. And that would have probably relieved a bit of the restrictions financially. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But obviously that went tits up. So I think Ancelotti done his dirty. Now whether, again, there's no accountability or no clarity, whether he knew he'd no money and he downed tools and he shipped off first chance he could, maybe. Maybe he didn't. And maybe he just done his dirty and the player's form fell off a cliff and... Rodriguez wanted to go. Who knows what, what really happened? And we'll probably never know. But ultimately, I think he's right. The club were gambling on being in Europe last year. They probably weren't gambling on Ancelotti leaving so soon. They were probably, you know, going to build over a couple of years and he leaves. And then it seems like a short-term thing. We're stuck with these players that don't want to be here or on high wages or whatever. And we have to rejig things again. So I think we've been hard done by in a while, in a way, but... We seem to be going from short term to short term. We just want to know long term that there's a plan there. You know, with, with Benitez now, it's a three year deal. You would imagine the plan is in three years, we want to be at least in the Europa League, going mm. into the new stadium. You know, the new stadium will unlock so much in terms of revenue for the club, being in Europe as well, extra capacity, more TV, more, you know, events at the. St- the club are making a lot more money then in a great position and that will hopefully make the business model sustainable. Mm. So just in terms of the on-field recruitment, are we a better off? Well, we know we're better off. We've probably done best when we've brought in players for small, minimal fees yeah. that are like Townsend and Gray that are willing to work the bollocks off to have a little bit about them. But it won't be for the want to try and, you know, they're not top, yeah. top level players, but we probably need 11 grafters at the minute, like we did with, had with Moyes. And I know we didn't win anything, and, but we, we finished fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. You know, we were up yeah. there. So we, we, we're we not a team that can probably carry players. We need 11 grafters that are going to work the bollocks off and be hard to be and be direct and get balls in and fight for the shorts and get the crowd to react to it. So players we've said it so many times buying those of Cahill Arteta Baines Lescott John Stones even Dom from Sheffield United minimal phase mm. all command and big sell on phase like that has to be the way we're going to go instead of buying Rodriguez as much as I wanted it to work out it hasn't worked out sadly we're just not in a position financially from a business model to be buying these kind of lads so mm-hmm. if a player does want to go he has to be leaving for more than we sold him or than we bought him, like Leicester, you know, Mares, Kante, uh, Harry Maguire. The money they've made through sales and they've reinvested it really well. That's the, all clubs are doing it now. You buy low, you sell high. If you're not winning things, you're not going to keep your best players, but it's how you reinvest it to make the overall squad stronger. And we've let ourselves down hugely. And as Richie said, I, I don't think anybody is going to disagree that. This is probably Richarlison's last season. I think he probably has a pain as bollocks himself. Mm. It's sad it kind of goes back to Lukaku. Was, you know, if Everton were knocking on the top four door at the time, Lukaku probably was stuck around. We couldn't yeah. match his ambition. You know, and it's probably the same again with Richie. We can't match his ambition. He wants to play for Brazil. He wants to win things. You know, as miserable as he is, you can't blame the guy. He does have the ability and the potential and, 
you know, we probably get a big fee for him, and it's it's how we reinvested it to develop the overall squad, which is which is going to be the key, you know. Yeah, uh, I think that's just the, the thing over the years as well. The, the money just hasn't gone back into the squad; it's gone to other things and other projects and stuff. But it just needs to, like you said earlier, because there's no point just going into this state and being sniffing around. 9th, 10th, 11th, it's just, it's just not going to work. So we need to, we need to change something. Well, anyway, let's we move on to the Norwich match. Uh, Rich, this, I know you said earlier, only three points off the top of the table. This kind of, even though it's early, it feels like a must-win game, not, not because of league position, but because of like, three defeats in a week will absolutely just burst the balloon. Yeah, the, wheel, the wheels come off if you lose on if you lose on Saturday, you know, and then the knives are out and just uh, the mood is bad, kind of at present after a poor week after Rodriguez going and losing to a team that have lost five on the spin this season and 15 on the spin since in the last Premier League games. It's it's probably the last game you want, as much as it sounds like it's the game you want, it's probably the worst yeah. game you could possibly have, you know, but <sighs> you should still be beating Norwich no matter what team that you put out. You know, I, I would be of that, you know, if we have, Look, forget about midweek. You look at Villa, we were without four of our starters. Villa are an awful lot stronger than Norwich. You know, mm. we were with him for up to an hour. If we'd have got the first goal, I think the whole outlook could have been very different. You know, so it's about just putting that aside, getting getting about the job. We're at home. There's no reason why we should be even panicking going into it. But it's the back of a horrible week that there's this fear upon us now. And I, I, I really think it just needs to be kind of put in context because we're a lot better side than Norwich you know even if we're missing hopefully we'll have some back I don't know but mm. but yeah you're right it is <laughs> if it does go the wrong way it, 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 it could get nasty quickly just because there's that it's you you can see kind of bad vibes kind of simmering and stuff and people are just waiting to kick off and people seem to kick off about anything and this would just be so much fuel to throw at it and then it's the last thing the club needs right now I think yeah, I, I, not even a loss, Chris. If if you don't win this game, it'll just it'll just be going back to like the year, year and a half ago. The just the toxic shit that will come down on these players is just and, and uh, again, we we said very outset there. There's no honeymoon period for Rafa. I think if if he doesn't win this game, the noise will be that. Well, they're already out. I think, but they'd be definitely sharpened. Yeah, certainly a must-win game, Joe. You know, we can't afford to let them get ahead like we did with Southampton and Burnley because for a while, it's always likely to turn. Even in the Burnley game, after that first half, we went one down. Luckily, we hit back quick enough. But if it's the case against Norwich, they get a goal or two up, it's going to turn nasty. Mm. And I, you know what? The manager will probably be the one getting the, getting the stick, but... I think it's a general frustration from the fan base on the situation we just find ourselves in again. Yeah. And we spent five hundred million in the last five years and we can't beat a championship team in the League Cup. You know, it's 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 embarrassing and it's unacceptable and people have to be held accountable. But anyway, these aren't as bad as people think. No way. Like I mean, the first five games, they're after playing City, Liverpool, Arsenal and Leicester. Yeah. Four poxy games, they were five now. They're beating at home by Watford last week. They're not great defensively, so, you know, there's definitely goals for us there, but 
we're without our two main strikers, our two main goal scorers. So, I mean, that takes a lot of the sting out of our tail as well, you know. Yeah. It's just, I think we we definitely, we can definitely get a couple of goals, but we really have to cut out the stupid individual mistakes. You know, you can't have, you know, Kane making a bollocks of something, trying to do a Rabona turn on the edge of his own box or not winning headers or not winning second balls and just letting them get crosses in. We can't, you know, the fans don't have it as well. Fans are going to be turning up expecting to turn these over. You know, nothing, nothing less. A draw would be atrocious. As I said, they're not as, as bad a side, but we still should be beating Norwich at home with a full house at Goodison. You know, get the first goal. Their heads might drop a bit. They're on a bad run. Despite who they played, they're still on a bad run. They might think, here we go again. And as Rich said, they've lost the last 15 Premier League games. And, you know, you see the, oh, here come Everton things, memes coming out. And, you know, it's always <laughs> the storyline, the script always goes to plan in that regard when it's Everton, doesn't it? Max Aarons mm. and Kieran Dell to score 2-0 for Norris. That's people be thinking, you know. <laughs> that's it. But, that's, I was just saying earlier, this pukey lad hasn't kicked snow off a robot. He's going to see what price he is for the hat-trick. It's just, it, it's just Everton doing an Everton. But I, but I think, Rich, we just, if we don't win this game, like I said earlier, it's, it's not a, it's not most, most win as far as league position, but it's most win for confidence and just the, the pressure that's kind of building on the manager. We just need to win this game. Even if it's a horrible and shitty one nil, it doesn't matter. Three points is all that matters. Yeah, it's 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 steady to ship and just kind of get back on track and put behind a poor week and we can focus on, you know, as you're looking ahead to United that you can focus on a win as opposed to a disaster of a week like this week was. And that's it, as you said, bottom line is coming down to to get out of there with, with a win, however ugly it is. But look, overall, it's been take the cup out of it as a different competition. Our league performances have been pretty good. You know, we've had a couple of spells kind of first half against Southampton, you know, the last hour of probably 10, 15 minutes there against Villa, we were really, really poor. But all in all, we've been I think the the mentality has been good, the work ethic has been good. There's no reason, you know, I, I, I get that if we're without a few, it can change aspect because I, you know, we've touched it, we've said about the squad and, and, and our failings with it, but I still think, you know, it's, it's about turning up full Goodison behind it. There's no reason why you shouldn't be turning these over. I won't say easily, but just turning them over and getting the job done. Yeah, I just think, I just think it has to be a win. Nothing else but a win. So I don't think they're a team that will, they won't park the bus. Like they like to play football, you know. They like to get it down yeah. and play it around. Like they, they knock it around quite well. Just defend, probably to their own detriment. Really, they probably leave themselves a bit more exposed than maybe other teams around them in the league would. So, you know, hopefully it won't be a case we're playing against a low block without our two best strikers because you know we we tend to struggle. Mm. Like the Burnley game, how how. You know, last season as well, we struggled breaking down low blocks for years. So maybe if they do come out and play a little bit, it might leave a bit of space for us to exploit, and that might play into our hands. Fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully. All right, we can into predictions. I know Collie has uh, said this. He's gone for tier one Everton win. Uh, Rich, um, I'll go a little stronger. I'll go three one. Three one for Richie. Hey, Chris. Uh. One nil for us. One nil ever. Yeah, I'm going to disregard every single thing I've said in the last hour and go Everton 3 nil. I just think 
we need to score first. We if 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 we don't score first, I just fear. I really really fear. So I'm just going to go a battering ram train away forever, and then uh, all is oh, yeah, and all is good. In the hold we're back on top, and that's it. Don't need to know. I think I, I actually think we need a win, uh, not because of what happened in the last week, because the way United are playing, I just think we we we'll get. We get nothing from that match, so oh, it's a bit of a write-off, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think. Yeah, well, I but know the we, squad we we're going to have, Joe. Yeah. Really, if going so, there yeah. full eleven is hard yeah. enough. But when you're missing your creative outlets and you're making the mistakes defensively that we are, it's very hard to be positive at this moment in time. But look, get your three 0 against Norwich, and we'd be saying, "Oh, you never know." Really, you're not. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, things yeah, can yeah. change what, quickly. What, what were you talking about, lads? You don't know anything. <laughs> Uh, I just want to actually, before we go, quick mention uh, Everton ladies are playing. No, Michaela's not with us this week. She's on a break. But um, Everton ladies play Birmingham on Saturday morning as well. I think it's 11 o'clock kickoff. I'm not, it's around 11 or half 11. And uh, Michaela will actually be over at the match as well. So we'll talk to her next week about that. So, all right, boys. Thanks very much for today. And uh, hopefully we're all just smiley, smiley back next week. After it doesn't matter if it's one or three. Just once it's a win. That's, that's all the Mars. Can't be given out. Sorry, go So we can't be given out like this every week. No, no. I land a fuck you, lads. Not have hair in my head by the time Christmas comes around. All right, boys, listen. Take care. Bye bye. See you, boys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in joining the Irish Toffee Supporters Club, just send an email to memberships at irish-toffees.com or visit our website www.irish-toffees.com. Up the toffees.